have all sorts of ways that we understand before we understand in a fully articulated manner. And so we have this articulated space that we can all discuss. And then outside of that, we have something that's more akin to a dream that we're embedded in. And it's an emotional dream that we're embedded in. And that's based at least in part on our actions. And I'll, I'll describe that later. And then outside of that is what we don't know anything about at all. And in that dream, that's where the mystics live. And that's where the artists live. And they're the mediators between the absolute unknown and the things we know for sure. Okay. Hi. Have you heard the story of Joseph Smith? So Jesus. Okay. Everybody likes Jesus. What we meant to say was, do you... I, I fully agree that people take drugs and report experiences that they describe as mystical or supernatural. Just like people record report other experiences as if they were religious or ghosts or whatever, we have no way of confirming that this something mystical or supernatural actually can happened. What this is, this is about the language. Stop people from smoking. Well, you can stop smoking without any sort of supernatural intervention. No, not really. You can't stop smoking without supernatural. There aren't really any any reliable chemical means for inducing smoking cessation. You can use a drug called bupropion. I think that's the one whatever Wellbutrin is. Um, is that supernatural? No, you don't need a supernatural effect, but it doesn't work very well. But if you give people magic mushrooms, psilocybin, and they have a mystical experience, they have about an 85% chance of smoking cessation. Sure. With but, one treatment. But yeah, but that's kind of like evidence, you know. It, it's kind of like evidence. It's and evidence that you can take mushrooms mm -hmm. and increase your chance of quitting smoking. But no, it's, it's not. It's, it's indication that if you take mushrooms and you have a mystical experience, you'll you'll stop smoking because it doesn't work. If okay, you if you experience. take mushrooms and you have an experience that you describe as mystical, um, then you'll increase your chance to smoke. But that doesn't tell me whether or not there was something uh, to this notion that they had an experience that was supernatural in any sense. Well, it's not definitive evidence. It's but not it's evidence, evidence at all. Oh, sure it is. Oh, sure it is. No. It, How is it? Wait a second. Wait a second. This that's is wrong. Okay. It is evidence. So because look, look no, he's you, right. You, you want to speak, right. you want to think through this skeptically. That. So trending viral psychologist Peterson will advocate the mystical experience here, but he also talks about psychedelics and nightmares when referencing MK Ultra director Aldous Huxley. This is what Huxley had to say after his mescaline experience. He talked about heaven and hell, and he talked about that in reference to bad trips, essentially, because it was known by that point that a psychedelic experience could transport you to an ecstatic domain of divine revelation, but could take you to the worst imaginable place as well. And Huxley was very interested in why you would even have the capacity for experiences like that, and which I think is a very good question, and it's a completely unanswered question. And it's a completely unanswered question. Huxley did a good job of starting to at least map out the mysteries of the terrain. He said, like the Earth of a hundred years ago, our mind still has its darkest Africas, its unmapped Borneos and Amazonian basins. My perception of my physical boundaries was no longer limited to where my skin met air. I felt like a genie liberated from its bottle. It's a good metaphor. And so the fact that even under circumstances like that, there was the overwhelming probability that the experience would be positive, because that's another thing you wouldn't expect, you know? 
the irony of the sandcastle foundation of conspiracy theory is not lost on me when I consider the fact that these people that tell me not to trust the government and the media always rely on the government leaking their own information to the mainstream media. I thought an interesting comment was made when somebody said to me, I heard somebody say, now where's Mandela? Well, Mandela's dead because... Saddam Hussein killed all the Mandelas. He was a brutal tyrant that divided people up and split families, and people recovering from this. So there's a psychological recovery. The letters MK have numerical values of 13 and 11, or 411, or 42. The mysteries, the info, over the rainbow. In Matthew 13.11, Jesus explains the need for parabolic teachings, and that teaching uh, is reiterated, or actually based on, the teaching in Matthew 4.11. So again, we have the 411 and 1311 codes. I've addressed that in some of my Gnostic Sunday School videos as well. Let's talk about the mediators. Hi, have you heard the story of Joseph Smith? Little nugget of wisdom in Christ? Well, let's make sure that these assholes get there first and make it look ridiculous, like a total shit show. So, Jesus. Okay. Jesus. While the media and the government uh, make a shit show out of religion, they also reinforce this psychology of the dark hero in entertainment and arts. So you're being uh, shown a false light, a ridiculous light, and then being told to embrace your shadow, your exaggerated shadow. Huxley was very interested in why you would even have the capacity for experiences like that. Huxley did a good job of starting to at least map out the mysteries of the terrain. He said, like the Earth of a hundred years ago, our mind still has its darkest Africa's, its unmapped Borneos and Amazonian basins. deal with a project codenamed MK Ultra. There was in it a story of a CIA experiment on an unwitting civilian who was given LSD. You're the one on stage tonight, Dr. Olson. <laughs> You're all a bunch of jokers. This has been the shift from thinking that my father's death was a mysterious suicide to knowing that it was a CIA atrocity. This is 1975. There were a lot of questions about the integrity of U.S. government. The government was so eager to shut this down. The tragedy that happened to the family was very deep and very real. Eric's whole life has been sucked into this terrible hole. And then later as a uh, mystical sacrament. And I believe that there's some evidence that early Christians used organic sacraments uh, in communion. 
Now, the artists and uh, creators and mystics that Peterson talks of that act as mediators between this kind of mystical experience and the rest of society um, have been infected, infiltrated, or corrupted by some sort of uh, permeable wall within that space. So that intermediary space has been corrupted. And we see this in Christopher Nolan films Interstellar, which serves as a kind of uh, esoteric map of, um, let's say, hyperdimensional or non-three-dimensional interference within this world. And the nature of reality being manipulatable. The patterns in myth play a big role in motivating people and giving them something to kind of uh, reflect upon. And modern mythology has gotten a billion dollar makeover with Hollywood's treatment or retreatment of superhero mythology, which offers people similar patterns that we've seen in the past through, say, um, fairy tales and fables and holy books. And now we see uh, Luciferian archetypes or transhumanist heroes or dark anti-heroes like Batman and Wolverine and there's a psychology behind these dark anti-heroes and it's about inflating your shadow logic is it's a fundamental proposition is that something can't be itself and its opposite at the same time it's like that's true for some sorts of things it's true for logical claims but it's completely wrong in this particular situation because things are them, what they are and they're opposite at the same time. And that makes it very, very difficult to... That's why a dragon hoards gold. It's like, what's up with that? Well, it'll eat you. And it will. But it has gold. Well, so what do you do about that? Because it's, it's, it's paradoxical demands. Well, what you want to do is face the dragon and get the damn gold. That's what you want to do. Well, you have to be a paradoxical being even to do that. So, you know, in, in The Hobbit, for example, when, what's his name? Frodo, right? Isn't, it's not, or it's Bilbo. It's Bilbo in The Hobbit. You know, he's kind of this little underdeveloped, overprotected shire dweller. And he's called on a great adventure to go and find the dragon. And he has to become a thief in order to manage it. Well, that's pretty weird, you know? It's like, well, it's, it's because as a good citizen, he's just not enough to conquer a dragon. He has to also become a bad citizen in some sense. He has to incorporate the part of himself that's monstrous, let's say, and develop that and hone it. And, and that's to say that, well, if you're harmless, you're not virtuous. You're just harmless. You're like a rabbit. A rabbit isn't virtuous. He, it's just, just can't do anything except get eaten. It's not virtuous. If you're a monster and you don't act monstrously, then you're virtuous. But you also have to be a monster. Well, you see this all the time. Harry Potter's like that too. It's like he's, he's flawed, he's hurt, he's got evil in him. He can talk to snakes, man. He breaks rules all the time, all the time. He's not an obedient at all. But you know, he has a good reason for breaking the rules. And, it, and if he couldn't break the rules, him and his little clique of rule-breaking, you know, troublemakers, if they didn't break the rules, they wouldn't attain the highest goal. So it's very peculiar, but it's, it's very, very, it's a very, very... And that is the point.
of why we cannot sit thinking that we're protected by either doing nothing, not getting involved, or not finding out the information. If the only time that you are concerned about children is if someone says that Donald Trump is, is separating from their parents, but then at the same time we say uh, at least half, who knows, some portion of those same kids might not have been with parents, they were trafficked. And there is an underground child trafficking operation going on and we tell you that and yet you have no curiosity, no follow through, no anger, no nothing. It just, you know, non compass mentis. Then you need to check yourself. You need to check yourself. Very, very, very common mythological notion. You know, the hero has to be the hero has to be a monster. But a controlled monster. Batman is like that. You know, I mean it's And now Vader. They have made Vader a hero. Why am I going through this? Why am I playing this? Because we have to understand that what we're watching is a movie. Everywhere. It's a play. The world stage is a play. The, everything we see on television, everything we see in movies, it's all a show. These are characters, and they're even wearing masks. They're wearing masks. Forget reptilians like snakes. They're shedding the skin of the masks as these actors rotate the characters of these politicians and celebrities, everything to keep your mind off of the agenda that is moving mass amounts of people out of areas to God knows where, people on barges, just, just relocating people, redistributing people in the world, redistributing wealth. You're sleeping while you're, ex we're, we're women, just think that we are all of that in a bag of chips and we're really in almost the worst state that women and children have been in terms of um, our health and our issues even being a public agenda. You think that the woman is being celebrated because of all of this aggressive, uh, supposedly pro-feminine rhetoric that we're hearing, but it's actually not. It's actually not addressing what women are facing every day. The only thing that the people talking about feminism are talking about is their appearance and who did what because of their appearance. Women face a lot more issues other than that. And we've got to understand that are about the shadow side being held up to the light and glorified. They're glorifying Vader. The, I went for a Star Wars t-shirt. I had to pick a t-shirt. I'm a Star Wars fan. All they had was Vader. It wasn't Luke. It wasn't Ray or any of her new friends. That should tell you something. And Vader is a sad state of a human being. He's dependent on technology. 
He has no connection to his family. He's given up his purpose is about being a slave. Vader is a glorified slave. He's a slave to the evil that empowers him. And we need to look at that because they're telling us who they think we are or who we should think that we should be. Start thinking. It's everywhere. It's I've already proven the predictive nature of media and suggested Christopher Nolan's Batman trilogy viewed backwards is incredibly potent predictively. And I used this third film, The Dark Knight Rises, to make my infamous Super Bowl 51 prediction, in which I posted a video decoding esoteric symbolism and mythological patterns embedded in this third Christopher Nolan Batman film, The Dark Knight Rises, that shows one a symbolic football game. The symbolism surrounding this game led me to conclude that it was referring to Super Bowl 51 and the infamous tie score at 28-28 in the unprecedented overtime. I showed you how that 28 and the draw is embedded right there, and I did that in a video before the game took place. I've since gone on over the past couple years to predict other things, several terrorist attacks, celebrity deaths, and even the Mandalay Bay shooting, which is allegedly the largest mass shooting in American history. Um, and I've shown how uh, this kind of predictive pattern in the Dark Knight series maps out into other forms of media and entertainment so we can see these patterns surrounding us. So the middle film would be uh, with the Joker, and this kind of codes all-time police corruption and a dollar attack, or a dollar collapse, rather. We see lots of cash getting robbed out of the banks and then burned. So people lose their money, and then it's burned up. Symbolically, this holds a lot of weight. The nature of the Joker and how he was played by several different actors is also interesting. What I find nobody talking about, though, is the House of 52 Cards. I used this trilogy, the third film, to predict Super Bowl 51. We just had Super Bowl 52. So Super Bowl 53 and Super Bowl 54, which would be symbolically represented in this film, seem to represent the Joker cards. This completely syncs up with my overlays decoding of the Albrecht Durer da Vinci cipher, unlocking an esoteric embedded pattern that suggests Middle Ages Northern Renaissance Illuminati elitists were planning something for 2020-2021. We also see the Joker and the Harvey Dent symbolizing this kind of it's all in your head. The Harvey Dent is in your head. When we move on to the third film, which is Batman Begins, the first, but when reviewed in reverse, we see um, this story of a mystical sacrament being turned into a weaponized psychedelic. So Batman has this traumatic initiatory experience, breaking a, breaking a bone and falling into a well and being surrounded by bats. Then he has that similar experience again mapped onto him when his parents are murdered in front of him. And then he joins uh, a fraternal brotherhood, a secret uh, society that trains him. And part of his initiation process involves a mystical, psychedelic, organic, psychedelic sacrament, a, a kind of blue flower that's 
uh, smoked and inhaled. Later on, when returning to Gotham City with this kind of mystical experience under his belt and a newfound mission in life, Bruce Wayne takes, uh, well, he uses his white advantage or white privilege for good. How about that? And him and Jimi Hendrix uh, play quite a fucking tune in, in Gotham City. But then Batman finds out, lo and behold, this uh, League of Shadows secret society has used a synthetic version of this organic psychedelic in order to make a weapon that brings out people's worst fears so that they see them as a reality. A very powerful psychedelic, <clears throat> a very powerful weaponized psychedelic based on an organic psychedelic that's used by ancient mystery schools as a kind of ritual sacrament. So very interesting symbolism there in Batman Begins. Or Batman Ends, when you see that it's all kind of inverted as well. And Jordan Peterson is telling you that something is the opposite of itself, right? So when we view that trilogy backwards, and then we consider that the media is trying to intercept people with missionary kids so that this uh, truth that's embedded in the mysteries of Christ in the 1311 Matthew teaching, which is an M and a K, the MK teaching is the mystery teaching, so the government is understanding of uh, what particle physics has shown us for the better part of a century, that the type of attention we pay to the world, in effect, creates the world to a degree that we live in. So if we can get people to believe in this kind of dark side uh, uh, emanating out of us as something that is actually deeper and darker than what it really is, we, we create it. If society can get puffed up and thus my discussion with the music that we have to be very careful when we listen to people even in poetry exercise the music is nothing you know sung music is nothing but uh, poetry that is sung but even reading poetry consuming poetry that is toxic or that is of a person that is disturbed, uh, is angry, is whatever, consuming that is really, really dangerous for people. And that's why even when I follow people on Instagram, I used to be much more into uh, poetry on Instagram and I love just seeing, I really, just love seeing the diversity of so many different brains coming at things in different ways. And um, I don't know, at certain points I would see a trend that the sicker uh, the stuff got with, you know, either someone with unrequited love and so they were depressed or uh, they felt they had this dark side and that's why they drink or whatever, that the problems were romanticized to a point where they had personified demons. I'm not kidding you. And um, even if it wasn't about that person, you know, people would try to write my situation or whatever, and it would be projected negativity that was so far from the truth, but that they did that you know, so that somebody would read it and either believe that about me or that I would believe it about myself. And it's just like, that has got to be, I don't even want to know what the karma for that is. But digesting it, even as a bystander, 
you have to be really responsible with the things that you read and if you have somebody that you know one day it's this and then the next day they want to kill themselves and you should kill yourself and you know if they're telling you that over and over and over again it could be a game you know and I, I don't want to say anything bad about um, the dead but um, Podesta's son or whatever had some pretty disturbed lyrics and maybe somebody that's going through that feels when they read those lyrics, wow, he's saying exactly how I feel. It's cathartic. But guess what? One time, okay. A couple of times, okay. If you're digesting that every day, day in, day out, you've turned that into something else. And we really have to be aware of what that is because you think your problem is so bad, but maybe, I mean, if you change your mind, Literally, if your focus changes, that's why people say volunteerism, you know, helping somebody that is um, in a more disadvantaged situation than you are, or just, just taking the focus off of yourself and making it about somebody else for whatever reason, right? You actually help yourself because you see things from a different perspective and the thing that you thought was so huge is no longer as big a deal as you thought that it was. It's not the end of the world. It's not a big deal. But you can't see that from where you're sitting. It just looks really bad, you know? And when I start to focus in, when I feel, you guys know that I have my trials and tribulations, but when I start to say, okay, whatever that is, is whatever that is, what can I really do about it right now if it's nothing what kind of creating can I do what 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 kind of creating I can create something an experience that is light years away from that and am I choosing to not experience the incredible whatever other reality that I could be experiencing? Am I choosing? Is some part of me choosing to dwell on this thing that is out of my control? Because you can't control other people. No matter, you know, even if you're in positions of authority over somebody or, you know, you have some kind of influence or whatever, you cannot control somebody else's behavior. You can only control your own. So until something happens, it's like, are you going to sit there and just wait for the thing to change? I mean, a, a lot of times I had to literally sit on and wait on the world to wake up. And that is a, believe me, there's nothing more depressing than that. If you, you know, if you see a building on fire and you're telling people don't go in the building and they're like, what? No, we're going. That... That was, Frank Lloyd Wright made that. I'm going in there, you know? And you're like, no, don't do it. I'm telling you, I saw it, you know? And it's like, you just feel bad because you know what's going to happen, you know? And if you were in there and you got burned, you're trying to tell them, don't do it. But they, they don't, people don't always want to hear you. So the best thing that you can do is create your own world. 
because that is so powerful. When people are like, wait a second, you mean she's not trapped in whatever uh, paradigm these other very powerful people or this person that's whatever, her adversary, she's not affected by that? Wait, why is she not affected by that? And wait a second. I'm not into it, but what, what's going on there? What, what, I'm just curious, you know? And what that is, is that that creator energy is the most high. And nothing, no matter how great the people that you're dealing with or whoever it is that you're dealing with, no matter how shiny they are, they do not outshine the most high so if you're focused on him and and what he's doing and manifesting those kind of works, who cares what they're doing? Who cares what they're doing? Everything is about what the divine is the divine energy is doing, what the divine mind is doing through all of us that live on the earth. We could even ignore these psychopaths. And if we just got into creating the most amazing beauty ever and, and turning ourselves, our sh- all our chakras on and doing that whole rain dance, if we did all of that, it, we wouldn't even have to worry about these people being in jail or anything happening because they would not have any power. Nobody would be focused on them. So it's all about controlling focus and controlling the focus of humans and controlling the narrative of what they believe. So it's just like, who is your focus? Is it the divine that is within you? Or are these other people, have they become gods? Lesser gods in your own eyes. With this kind of serotogenetic antagonist, then we kind of create bigger shadows for ourselves. The way we see the world and ourselves creates ourselves and the world. So this double slit experiment particle physics doesn't just go down to uh, electrons and waveforms deciding to become atoms and in the position they're in the position of when we observe them. It goes down to the very fact of the narcissist looking into the dark mirror and the reflection in the water. Mainstream science... And that is the key. Each and every one of us, the desired outcome is that we all turn into narcissists. And you're like, why? Because if we're all trying to get over on each other, all trying to hurt each other, all trying to be the most powerful, all trying to whatever, then that means nobody's watching the store. And whoever can just come in and do whatever. It's the house that's divided against itself. It will not stand. And that's exactly, that is the problem with the narcissism and they know that you cannot tear yourself away from your own reflection. And that's all of us. They know it. And we're so tied up with that that we are not looking for the truth and we're not looking for that divine energy. Because we think that it's just us, just us, we are it. No, we never stop, we never stop 
Because the thing is, just you in and of yourself, we all know human beings have limitations. But this divine thing is like infinite. And you, once you tap into it a couple of times and it really hits you hard, you'll get over yourself because it'll just, it'll just blow you away. It'll just blow you away. Conspiracy theory, pop culture entertainment, all seem to be hiding the power that we have to change our own world and want to manipulate our attention that we pay to it. The Force? The Force is what gives the Jedi his power. It's an energy field created by all living things. It surrounds us, penetrates us, binds the galaxy together. There is no matter as such. All matter originates and exists only by virtue of a force. We must assume behind this force the existence of a conscious and intelligent mind. The mind is the matrix. It's an empirical, matter. quantifiable fact proven in classrooms all over the world every semester that the nature of reality is illusory on the particle level and it seems a bit pixelated, quantized, and to a degree. Over the past couple of years, I've shown that this reality is predictable and fits patterns. So we seem to be in a bit of a holographic game and patterns emerge. But it seems that we can change these patterns, manipulate them, remix them. And it also seems that the type of attention we pay to these mythological patterns then further manipulates the world we see afterwards. So if there is, so to speak, a man behind the curtain manipulating the myths and patterns that we see and we are unaware of our own creative faculty that this is our dream and we get to decide, if we are unaware and made ignorant of that power, then the presentation from the media of our own history and hiding our divinity and then manipulating our understanding of what our own reflection in the mirror is can then create the world that we regard to be real. But science has shown us that this world that we think is real is really a matter of our consciousness. So we're being driven insane. Driven insane by the, the Ubermensch, right? Nietzsche's Uber. You fucking hopped in the wrong whip. Our old our society is run by insane people for insane objects, mm. objectives. And I think that's what I sussed when I was 16 and 12, way down the line. But I expressed it differently all through my life. It's the same thing I'm expressing all the time. But now I can put it into that sentence that I think we're being run by maniacs for maniacal means uh, ends, you know. if, if anybody can put on paper what our government and the American government etc and the Russian China what they're actually trying to do you know how what they think they're doing I'd be very pleased to know what they think they're doing I think they're all insane you know but I'm liable to be put away as insane for expressing that you know that's what's insane for every country's had a violent revolution for one reason or the other not one of them has the freedom we're all talking about. So we're saying give peace a chance, you know, like nobody's ever done it before. And it's not a matter of, we're not thinking in terms of 10 years.
Sometimes we just have to, we dream our experience. And I think I said this in my blog the other day, that when you stop dreaming for whatever reason, you know, because of all these problems that you think you have, you know, or how bad people think you are, or maybe you legitimately, you know, you ran over somebody's dog and they'll never forgive you, or whatever, different things happen. You've got to be able to see some other way of living where you are not under this weight of most of the time it's projected guilt or projected darkness. This darkness. It's like sometimes you have to make fun of yourself and just be like, dude, it's not that dark. It really isn't. It's only that dark if you choose to be. If you focus on that, then, then, then that's what that is. That's what he was saying. That's what he was saying and when, when this guy played the clip from Star Wars. That's what he was just trying to tell us. You know, and he was playing a clip from Batman. It's like, in our examination, our honest examination of the other parts of our psyche, let's not lose our focus that that is not the be-all essential part of who we are. That's not the biggest part of who we are. It's not. And I say this to myself, too. That I'm, I realize in myself, I'm such a creator. There's so much I could be creating every second. That every second that I'm wasting on people that have never supported me, will never support me, you know, ain't trying to wish me any kind of anything. Every second that I'm wasting, I could be creating great things that have nothing to do with them, that could meet, get me to meet other people that like the things that I'm making. But if I don't make these things, then, then these people still, I'm, I'm, I'm sewn unto them. You know, it's like you need a scissor and maybe you can even visualize it, cutting those etheric ties, those bonds, those cords, even if they were wrong, even if you're right and they're wrong. I'm not saying you don't continue to speak the truth, but at a certain point, and this is, uh, some people may take this the wrong way, but it's their loss. Because nothing that you do, if you gave them the greatest gifts and they, they trampled it underfoot, God says, uh, you know, don't, don't cast a pearl before swine. If they did it once, they did it twice, they did it three times, you're a fool if you keep doing it. Because they don't appreciate it. They don't want your pearl. They don't want to look at the pearl. They want to be or do. They're going to do whatever their universe is. And you should leave them there in that. And go forth in your world 
where you can create these great, the things that you can witness and see, which is funneling that divine energy and using it is so much greater than people that have the time to sit around and talk about what you're not doing. Because while they're talking about what you're not doing, guess what? They're not doing anything. What are they creating? What are they creating? And in a way, if you look at it, it's a blessing. Because what they're, all they're doing is putting the focus on you. You know, all they're doing, and, it, and the focus is on you. you got to understand, not because you're so great and it's you or that it's me. It's that we're tapping into that divine energy. And basically they're saying, how dare that be your God? How dare the divine be your focus? How dare you exercise your divine right to choose that over me? Because in their own minds, they are so important. The in-crowd at school, they've got all the right everything. And maybe you don't. And so if you, if you don't even care what they do, you don't care what they say, you don't care. Because you're, you're, you know, you come home and you paint and you're interested in selling your paintings and you're a kid and that's like a lot of money even if you sold it for like $100, right? Do you care what anybody says? Did you got paint on your face and in your hair and in your clothes? Do you care about stuff like that? You really don't. Because you're a creator. And you're creating things of value. Anything that you're using that part of your divine self to do, you're creating something of value. Because the world needs it. The world needs that divinity. Why? Because what we're focusing on does not have that substance that sustains us, that nourishes us, that makes us grow. It's, it's a, what we're consuming is fast food. You can't grow from, children can't grow off of fast food. And it takes a long time to dissolve it out of your system like they say. It takes three weeks, right? Three weeks to get off the meat or three weeks to get off anything that you're eating. And then, ugh, it's so hard because of the withdrawal. And there's always a withdrawal and there's pain, whether it's white sugar, drugs, anything. It's hard. And that's the other part of loving yourself and being like, if you've been through a lot, doesn't mean you give yourself a pass. But if you see what's going on, you got to say, no. You know what? I got to take myself out of this because me, I'm trying to fight in my own strength. I'm wasting my energy. It's wasting energy. And uh, I'd much rather create something. Anytime you create something, no matter what anybody thinks of your dreams or your endeavors, you once you've manifested something that other people can look at or they can hear it or they can see it, 
or they can better yet feel it or if they think about it beyond the moment that they experienced it or witnessed it then you really have an achievement you really do and you don't even need anybody else to tell you anything about anything because you feel good in yourself you look at that thing and even if it wasn't perfect like my machine is broken and there's a lot of things you know I got to get it fixed got to learn a lot of skills that when my mom was alive never took the time (laughs) certain skills of sewing that I should have gotten even though I have a talent for putting things together there's a lot little things that I could make things so much better but I see how I've grown because even if it's imperfect guess what I can look at that thing and it's a reminder to me not to feel bad that it didn't come out perfect but look how I took that detour and I have all these possibilities that I didn't choose to take you know because you only have so many choices you're an actor you only have so many choices in that one piece right or whatever it is I chose this this and that that time but guess what next time I can do this this and this and based on what I did here I'm going to do this that's how you grow and that's how you grow really fast so I would even wear something that was imperfect again just the pride of just I made it I did it and I had an idea and I made it and if I did this one I can do another one that's empowering if you can just do one little thing whether anyone else thinks it's anything or not or they don't see the value of it or whatever if if it even if it's in in its imperfect state if it inspires you to make something else and to make it better then you won so if anybody's trying to make you feel bad oh look how you made that or that didn't come out perfect or you didn't do that perfect or it's not about perfect it's about learning because those those so-called errors that's usually where people innovate and we've got this mentality where people are so afraid of errors that they don't innovate they don't even know how to innovate they don't even know where to begin so don't be afraid. You know, I'm not afraid. And I never let anyone stop me. Somehow I'm going to figure out how to do the uh, multi-creative thing that I want to do. Because that's how, my cre- that's how my creativity works. You know, I've always had some people be like, Oh, first she's doing this, now she's doing this. And they don't even understand that I, I take knowledge from each one into the next. And that's what makes what I do unique. To me, that's, that's what's fulfilling. For me, is codifying everything. That's exciting. For me. 
Maybe for somebody else, not so much. They don't understand. Well, where's she going with it? Is it to the side? Is it diagonal? Is it straight? Is it up? Is it down? I don't know where she's going. You're not here. Unless, I, I don't know why. No, you don't owe anybody any explanations. There's a part of the Most High, God. I don't like to use that word, but... There's a part, an aspect of the Most High that most people don't talk about. And I think this guy kind of mentioned the duality of opposites at the same time in the sense of, let's say, the Fibonacci sequence, right? We can see that divine order in flowers, in architecture, in how humans are created, um, we see that symmetry. We see all that, right? But then there's also chaos, the chaos of the cosmos, the unknown that the creator has done. It's so beyond we don't understand what we don't understand. So it is both order and chaos, and it's a balance. And uh, I think that's what's going on is a disruption of the balance, trying to create an artificial chaos to then answer it with the prepared artificial order. There's a beauty in the randomness of things and the imperfection of things. The imperfections of humans is what makes our lives expensive. That, that every second is so precious we don't live forever. So every moment of our lives is so, so much meaning. Remember the vampires in Twilight? They lived and lived and lived and they those ones that had lost meaning. It's just some things, just some food for thought. Nothing ever stays the same. And we're in for some big changes, not just me, everybody is. I'm just doing, you know, I'm creating. Tyler Powers Radio.